back to interface.fm everyone today we have a very special guest from postman she is working with postman since last 9 months as a product designer also she is an amazing storyteller you can check her instagram profile will share in the description below and today we will be discussing about user research how to find users in b2b market for user research and design culture in postman so without further ado let's get started and bring in tithi sharma i'm very excited to record this podcast welcome tithi welcome to interface.fm thank you so much for having me so it's been like 3 months we are sitting at home how you are keeping yourself calm and composite so i it's been stressful i i would be honest with you uh, especially in the initial days of the lockdown uh, it's something which nobody has nobody of us like you know um, guess that we need to sit at home for that long period so um, yeah it has required minor tweaks here and there to get adjusted i think the major challenge for me um, has been to uh, balance the home life versus the office life so when you are going to office there is a separation right because you are working from your desk and uh, there is an in time and an out time uh, we don't have any any of that in uh, a postman but still you do end up having that idea of having an in time and an out time so when you are coming back home you are probably not opening your laptop until analysis uh, necessary but when you are working from home uh, you have other things to look uh, look for you have other things to take care so it's it's a little difficult to separate that line so um, like sometimes i find myself working very late at night and uh, it's 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 just difficult to switch off that designer persona <laughs> and get into that laid back chill persona and sometimes it's all, also the other way around sometimes you just don't feel like working Uh, i i've got mm-hmm. i've had those days as well but i guess um having like a proper routine around your work uh, has helped me minimize those kind of difficulties so earlier i would wake up i'll take a shower i'll get ready and go to work uh now i wake up i do the pretty much the same thing but i instead of commuting like 15 kilometers to my work i commute uh like 10 10 meters not even 10 meters less than 10 meters to my work desk so <laughs> yeah i'm trying to keep it cool and calm and also having um, other things to do in your life other than your work and your homework like you know housework it's very important like for example i i love growing vegetables so i have a ton in in both of my gigantic balconies like it's not mm-hmm. that huge but then i call it gigantic because i'm growing pumpkin and beans and what not so <laughs> uh, these kind of stuff is like you know it's it's keeping me busy and sane and it's honestly it's nice to spend some time with your family uh, it doesn't happen when you're going to office so that way it's all nice i'm i think i'm pretty settled now <laughs> okay so uh to begin with what's your story how did you become the designer yeah so i think growing up uh, i have always been this artsy and crafty kid um so even in school if it was uh, if it was necessary for somebody to come and make like a rangoli or do like something for the notice board or make like a pamphlet or anything related to that i would be the person to uh asked uh and like the same thing continued 
uh, even even in college. So, um, and I, I think I was very much clear in my subconscious that I'm going to take up arts no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. So a um, little background about my family. So my, my mother is a home, homemaker, but uh, my father, he graduated from an NIT and he, he's like a hardcore engineer, right? So what happens is that when you're coming from that kind of a background, there are expectations that, okay, she's also gonna follow the fo same footsteps, but luckily mm -hmm. that was not the case with my parents. They have always been really, really supportive. So after, Finishing 10th when I said that um, I want to take up humanities, there was no judgment. Few relatives might have said something, but that did not really matter because my parents were like two rock pillars. Uh, they, they really encouraged me to explore whatever I wanted to do. Uh, but I don't think I had any idea about human-centered design or um, interaction design or UI, UX for that matter, right? Because I come from a very small town uh, in Assam, it's called Silcha. Uh, so when you talk about design, the only thing which pops in your head is fashion design. <laughs> and I, I yeah, and I and I don't think uh, I wanted to do fashion design at that point. I knew that I want to do something related to fine arts, perhaps. That was my understanding at that point. Uh, but again, I had zero clue how to approach that whole idea of career, doing, like, you know, making a career into arts field, uh, or even in fine arts. I mean, I, I love painting, I do canvas, but I had zero start point. Um, so I ended up taking English honors uh, after, after my 12th um, English honors, and also uh, I did psychology and sociology. So, um, and I did it from Bangalore. So um, I loved reading books other than uh, painting and doing artsy craftsy stuff but when I started uh, learning more about literature and writing literature exams I soon I understood that you know uh, knowing how to read a book and loving to read a book doesn't really translate into the fact that you can be a literature student no uh, these are completely two different things right uh, so I think it was uh, in the second year of my college when um, uh, I told my father that, you know, this is not I, what I want to do. Uh, I, I, I really want to make a shift. Uh, but in my head, I was also thinking, I have already reached the second year of my course. Let's just finish it. Let's just get done with it. And by that time, I was already uh, meeting a lot of people who um, are into the UI, UX area or graphic design and stuff like that. So um, that, that was really helpful because then I was exposed to this new world of designers where it was not just a, about fashion design right yeah and I think uh, around that time um, me and my then boyfriend um, we wanted to start like a company where we wanted to make stop-motion videos so um, that was my first stint with uh, any design software for a matter of fact you know uh, most of the work was done by him <laughs> I have to be honest but just the fact that I was shadowing him when he was, um, um, you know, using those softwares or um, how even we made the overhead camera rig, we used PVC pipes to make it. And I'll send you a picture for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, the whole process of start, from starting to execution was really uh, interesting. Uh, and I really wanted to get into something similar. 
um, then I get to know that, okay, um, there are other institutes in this country where they don't just teach fashion design, but there are other kinds of design principles as well, uh, or fields. So I got to know about Srishti, NID, um, MIT uh, as well, also Chitrakala Parishad. But um, uh, I knew that I didn't want to repeat the entire bachelor's again. And since I did not really have uh, had a three, four years bachelor's, I was not really eligible to write entrance exam for NID. So then I came to know that, okay, there is this bridge course which you can do from Srishti. Uh, then we just to basically compensate your one year. Uh, so now you have three plus one and now you are eligible to go ahead and do my master's. That's how I wrote the entrance exam of Srishti and, and I ended up getting through. Um, and it was a very useful, beneficial, interesting experience because I was exposed to a gene pool of people having similar kind of ideas uh, who were equally crazy about design uh, like me. So there were no judgments. So when we would talk about design, uh, it was already collaborative. So it, it was a very different kind of an experience. Um, I finished that and I started working uh, and I don't think I'll do my master's anytime soon, but that was the plan at that point of time. Uh, I wanted to do a master's, that's why I did. Uh, but yeah, here I am okay. <laughs> years <So> later. Yeah. <laughs> since we are talking about you and you have took a lot of transitions in your career. So usually, People are very scared about that. Will I be successful enough And how did you make that choice? So I think, um, yeah, you, you need to be brave while you are making those choices. That's the most foremost mm -hmm. thing. Uh, because here you have invested three years of your life studying something. Now you want to let go of it and change uh, your uh, career completely. But what I can say is that no education goes to waste. So uh, you will reach a point where you would know that everything is falling into the string uh, and everything is aligned in a way that it's helping you build your career in overall. So, uh, and I think for me, everything happened in a very organic way. I, I did not really plan that, okay, I have to do, take up psychology to study, to be able to become a product designer. No, uh, but now it helps me a lot since I have that understanding of psychology and uh, it, it was not in a very detailed level, but the very basic understanding of how human behavior works. You know, what are the mm -hmm. things um, um, people keep in mind while doing certain things, you know, uh, really helps me understanding the target audience in a meta way, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and ask the right kind of questions. So the major part of product design is, I, I feel, is asking the right kind of questions. If you can get past that limbo, uh, rest everything falls mm -hmm. in place, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I, I think you, you got to be brave. Uh, you have to be hard working, really, really work hard. Um, there would be times uh, nobody would come and help you and spoon feed you. I, I'm so glad that these kind of podcasts and stuff like these, like we are really evangelizing design uh, in the recent times. Um, I wish and I hope that it was the same case when I started out. Uh, maybe it was there and I was not aware of it. I did not really had mm -hmm. access to it. Uh, so you really have to work twice hard, twice the harder when you are uh, working all alone in sol solitary way, you know. Uh, 
so you you have to be working hard and i think you also need that dash of luck <laughs> we cannot we totally yeah right. we cannot neglect that so i think for me it all fell into place i'm not saying it has been only good for me there have been worst mm-hmm. days i have seen in my life there have been days when i thought mm-hmm. what the hell am i doing <laughs> i shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. this maybe i should have taken more of like a stem subject which would fetch me uh, mm-hmm. a better result in terms of career but uh, you just cannot give up if you are ready to pull it through then you will get through Hmm. I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. So, since we are talking about design now, and what you find most challenging in design? I think asking the right kind of questions, especially before you uh, start working on any project. You know, uh, as I said, most of the design is asking the right kind of questions. so you might have this idea x which you have in your head uh, which you want to go ahead and make something out of it uh, but are you doing your research well are you answering those questions well are you forming those questions well uh, that's that's the most challenging part and that takes the majority of the time and should take the majority of the time because if you are doing that first step correctly rest everything falls into the place it's like a domino effect so the last domino will hit the curve you know <laughs> you just you just need that nudge mm-hmm. um yeah and it requires also an insane amount of brainstorming when you're forming those questions and postulating those questions um i'm very lucky that i work in a design team um uh, where everybody is looking after one another we are brainstorming on different kind of ideas different kind of questions those discussions and those sessions lead to interesting insights for us to pick it up and then give it some kind of a shape that shape itself is design you know that would translate into good design so that initial part is the hardest part i feel you you will have like major questions and like you even after you have the prd doc there are so many questions which are left unanswered and some of the questions are so not relevant most of the times you know so uh, to get past that confusion is the toughest thing i feel and also also that you know as a designers we often tend to fall into silo uh you you start working on your own and then uh, you're not seeking feedback uh at the right time uh that's the worst thing which you can do to yourself Uh, because you always have to, it's design by itself is a very collaborative process so the more you're sharing your ideas the more you are getting uh, insights on it and more feedback on it which would lead to the better shaping of that product you know yeah so i i i i think postman really helps me there because we we do not let each other fall into silos <laughs> we really pull each other and say that okay let's have a peer review and let's let's discuss over it so that really helps <laughs> so coming from a background uh, in arts and psychology so how it made you a better designer to understand the human psychology in respect of the user experience mm-hmm. so i think the very um, fact that um, we like you know whenever we say that you know we we have to go and understand uh the person the the user base that itself uh is nothing but communication right so a designer 
at mo most of the time he is nothing but communicating ideas or gathering ideas right uh, or understanding uh, how certain people think or what is their aspirations and motivation uh, i think that the very base of understanding of such kind of motivations behavior or uh, any any kind of needs uh, is is psychology you know so i think that really helped me a lot uh, and also sociology you know a lot of the times you know you are talking to uh, uh, audiences who are very uh, different than what you have been expecting or like if you are working on a global product uh, the the landscape changes from say uh, how people are thinking in india would be really different than how people are thinking in europe you know and lot of it comes from the psych uh, the, the cultural background how they have been brought up how how they think to so to be able to understand those kind of um, uh, insights and to differentiate and get value out of it it's where psychology and sociology helps uh, it it has really helped me so like when um, when we start talking to somebody who is complete who has a completely different cultural background or um, like we try to understand these kind of stuff uh, so that we understand that okay if we are launching certain featured in certain area uh, in certain demography is going to perceive it in this way that ha to have that kind of an understanding is very important and that is driven by psychology and uh, research mm -hmm. and sociology like and i and i truly believe uh, ux is like the pot where all academic principles sort of come and merge so you cannot really segregate uh, these kind of stuff like you sh you must have some idea about it mm -hmm. okay perfect so uh since you have worked in startups which works in a b2b industry market and so how do we research uh, for a solution or a design for a b2b market and how it's different from b2c mm -hmm. so i think b2b is more into the market research where you are uh, trying to understand not just your own market but you are also trying to understand your uh, the other kinds of markets which are out there right and trying to find opportunities in there uh, it's also to understand um, you know the better um, uh, the the opportunities which you can unearth from those kind of researches like you know for example uh, i i was working for um, this automobile company called uh, 21 north uh, and i can give you a practical example for that so we we were more into uh, b2b automobile space industry so for example if you uh, have a hyundai vehicle uh, you would probably call up the service center to come and pick up uh, send somebody to come and pick up your vehicle and they would again um, you know drop it back whenever the servicing is done so we were mostly dealing with the um, the hyundai uh, uh, toyota mahindra royal enfield and these kind of people so that's again a different kind of a business now to understand the opportunities between how uh our business idea can work with their market and uh, to to be able to find opportunities within that uh is what what i have done you know in my past so again uh, having said that there is also another kind of market research where you are uh, trying to understand your competitors right so there will be you whatever idea you have that's the x idea you have but the adopters of that idea will be in millions 
and it's not necessary that you are only you are working towards it right there can be 10 other different companies who are working towards the same objectives right to to study that kind of trend to study those kind of industries to gain competitive intelligence is also b2b market research right uh, it helps you make better design decisions uh, sorry business decisions for your own company uh, so that you don't repeat the same mistakes which perhaps they have repeated right uh, it helps you uh, prevent those mistakes and it's very important um, yeah i hope i answered your question <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. So my next question to you is how do we find users for B2B market research I think when you talk about B2B market research it's more uh, about the big numbers so it's not like you would be going and talking to few people mm-hmm. uh, you need that trend data right so you need to understand okay this how this particular thing is working probably in say sample size of this having this kind of a background you know so that's from where you can derive the customer insights and define the uh, current market trends you know uh, you also tend to understand the economic shifts which happens uh, during these kind of results mm-hmm. uh, so again to answer your questions who do we approach mm-hmm. um, and who are these people who can whom you can go and speak to uh, often times when you are doing a market research like that you're not speaking to any one particular person you are relying on existing numbers mm-hmm. right or you you might be um, um, like you know taking forward a large scale survey or a research strategy initiative so that's where research and strategy merge into the picture uh, and it's not just limited to research you have to come up with your own way which would help you identify those gaps uh, and help you identify the opportunities right mm-hmm. so and a lot of the times you you might also come across people who are willing to speak to you uh, mm-hmm. who are uh, industry experts mm-hmm. on certain things like for example if you are if you were to do uh, some kind of market research on um, b2b market research on weather right you would probably find somebody who is a weather expert it's a very lame example but it, it, like it's a very naive example mm-hmm. which i'm giving you would probably find somebody who is uh, very expert in these kind of trend analysis or uh, knows how the topography has shifted over the period of time mm-hmm. to have a second opinion or to uh, understand how this is relevant in the current times mm-hmm. so but it's not easy you know because uh, to find these kind of experts is very tough mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's like uh, in b2b sector we can't randomly pick users and just talk to no. them you can i mean uh, it it also depends a lot on the product you are working on like for example totally, yeah, yeah it 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 depends a lot on the product like for example if we were to talk uh, do some kind of a market research b2b market research on um, say food delivery industry right mm-hmm. i as a consumer i end up using swiggy i also end up using zomato right so yeah mm-hmm. and you know as a researcher that okay here in bangalore there are so many people who do end up using these kind of uh, applications how mm-hmm. how would they respond to this new idea let's go and find out right so in that case you're not really uh, talking to an industry expert or anything you're talking to normal users right uh, and that is possible because we are talking about this particular industry uh, 
if it was something to do with very specific say space research or what not you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> then mm-hmm. then then the whole concept and the strategy needs to be changed accordingly like at, at that point of time you can you cannot just randomly pick somebody to speak about it uh it also brings me to the next point that uh, when we are talking about research uh, sampling the users is very important and identifying the right kind of users mm-hmm. to go and speak to is very is is the most crucial part so uh, like even in postman um, like we try to find those people who will give us very uh, unbiased opinion uh, as opposed to somebody mm-hmm. who has been using postman for a very long time and loves postman you know so when you speak to go ahead and speak to postman fanboys uh, it is most likely that you are going to get a very diluted data uh yeah because they will not uh, they will likely not speak to speak about the uh, oddities and what, what is not working out for them you know yeah yeah so sampling of users is very important uh and it 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 varies from uh, different kind of research so in b2c uh, like since you have the access to your own market right and your own uh, own consumer consumer base uh, you you can actually pick and choose and you have those trend analysis and the data uh, like who are these people who are clicking uh, in this particular button who are these people who are actually using this um, uh, particular uh, feature perhaps since they are using this particular feature probably this new feature which we are talking about would be helpful for them right so let's go and speak to them so that's a very different kind of a sampling but when we talk about b2b uh, again it depends from uh, product to product right Uh, the the strategy changes it needs to be vastly different again i'm no guru totally. yeah again i'm not not <laughs> a guru but uh, this is what i have learned until now and i'm every day okay. learning about it <laughs> okay so uh, coming back to the topic so talking about the postman you are working uh, with them as a designer as a product designer and since we have talked earlier about this you love the career the culture of postman and so since you are working with postman since last 9 months what you have learned and what you felt while working with them i have learned various kinds of frameworks you know of the whole product design system and how it should work you know okay. so uh, when i was working in my earlier company i was the only designer and yes i did ended up making like a team of interns and then we also had one full time uh, but i was the one who was calling all the shots all the time right so there was nobody else above me who would come and counter me that okay hey this is not going to work out uh, let's brainstorm more on it i was sort of working in a silo which is not right that's the worst thing you can do as a product designer to work in a silo uh, that culture is very different in postman um as i said we are like a small family who is always looking out for each other it's very collaborative um so even if there is another design lead who is working on a very different kind of a design uh, or a feature uh, we often end up having a discussion as a team if this feature would work or not we always have that input uh, and and i don't think there is any kind of um of the, the fear of um getting judged is not there because we we are always looking towards feedback we are always sharing our screens like of late it's happening too much otherwise we present <laughs> <laughs> now yeah 
so like most of our times goes in syncing up with other designers from other teams how they are working because um, like at the end of the day we are working towards a common goal which is postman we want to build this company we want to align everything uh, in a way so that it helps the overall goal of making this product better right and the product is postman right but when we talk about design teams and operations design ops around it uh, we work in different kinds of team team right but i could be working in a certain feature but uh, that doesn't mean that that feature will not have any impact in other other squad or other other team so we we are always in discussion with each other we are always presenting screens we are always taking feedback uh, is very collaborative and very very um, non judgmental i can say that uh, because we come from a point uh, the we 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 come from a place of giving feedback constructive feedback uh, as opposed to let's pull down this designer <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh, that also happens that's also happens in many companies i know um, uh, because since i've been to a design school i end up having many designers who happen to be my friend <laughs> uh, it's it's a sad thing uh, because uh, design community in india is still a very small community i feel so we need to be helpful towards each other towards helping each other building each other's career as much as we we can you know and i'm so happy to see this kind of podcast because that helps uh, into that agenda so like talking specifically about postman um, i have learned that you need to start asking for feedback from a very early stage um, and if somebody who is not from the design field um, who has zero understanding about design you would still want their feedback on your design uh, as a stakeholder and maybe the language needs to be different right maybe that person will not understand design but that person will understand numbers mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah so so the discussion pattern needs to be changed and um, uh, something which i have learned in postman you know so it it's 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 been wonderful it, i mean it's been wonderful 9 months in postman <laughs> so since we are talking about postman designers how many mm-hmm. designers mm-hmm. are there and could you please tell me about their job role in brief how the, how do you segregate mm-hmm. your work as a design team okay so like i i started working as a product designer for postman but i'm i you can say that i'm more in a transitional phase where um, i'm shifting my focus more into product research uh, ux research uh, more so into usability testing and um, areas around that right but when we talk about design culture and how many designers we have uh, it it would be difficult to say the number because i'll have to count now <laughs> because every week we have a new face coming in right we are hiring like crazy so <laughs> uh, but what i can say is that you know um, we we like we do not really have any um, segregation in terms of um, designers everybody is a designer but the major segregation which i can see is the ui design and the ux design so these are two very different fields in postman um so as a ui designer you are mostly working on the design systems uh, mostly working towards the components you are also uh, thinking more in terms of how that component will be coded uh, eventually right so you don't want to make the developers work too heavy so you also want to understand how they are using the component and um 
to build a certain product uh, because it's the design process uh, process doesn't end at a design stage even when it goes into development there are uh, iterations which happen and you always have to be in loop right so that's a major segment which we have and then we have the product designers ux designers which is uh, like we don't really have any seg- segments like segregation it's all same like you know we are working as designers uh, maybe in future we will have a separate research team we currently do not have that i mean or i think i should say that we are in the process of forming that you know as i said i'm more in a transitional phase and i work a lot with mary kennedy so she is our director of research strategy and um, content uh, and also design right so i i end up working a lot with her but for like you know it's it's just me and mary at this point in research but uh, like going forward we are going to have more people uh in in research you know so it like we are in the initial stage of forming a hardcore research team you can say that okay. <laughs> so yeah we have the research we have the product design and then we have the ui design and even in ui design we we are hiring uh, we are looking for people there as well okay perfect yeah. so uh what do you uh, suggest or recommend you suggest to round designers who are just starting with a career with in designing in designing mm-hmm. I really want them to be fearless and go and experience different kind of stuff, you know, uh, and not fall into a box. Because as a designer, also you can fall into a box, especially when you are just starting out. Um, I started my journey as a visual designer. <laughs> I can say that, mm-hmm. uh, but now I'm working as a product designer, and again I'm shifting my uh, career towards more into research-centric uh, space. Um, so i i really want them to be fearless when they are experimenting with their design techniques and uh, res- you know design approaches uh, i would really advise them to go out there read more there is nothing more uh, holier than reading more about design and how other people are thinking at other parts of the world it's it's very important so maybe follow uh, designers who whom whose work you really admire you know try to understand their psyche what they were thinking when they were um, uh, making that design or making certain design choices or decisions um with with the access to medium and other research journals uh, the there is a whole world out there where you can go out there and read take insights from and maybe practice that imbibe that in your own practice you know that that's really important uh, and another very important thing i would say is that you know a lot of the times as designers we we often think that okay let's learn figma let's learn sketch uh let's learn all the design softwares and everything uh then i'll become a designer good designer no that's such a wrong thing to say uh yes i mean you do have to know the softwares to be able to design but that comes at a much later stage uh that's something which can be um, picked up easily uh, but i think the core concentration should lie around design thinking asking the right kind of questions uh approaching your audiences in the right way that's that's the first base you know so if you can get that right rest everything will follow hmm so this was one of the mistake i made in my initial uh, days of the career that i learned sketch and i started calling myself as a designer yeah yeah 
So I think uh, like, you know, what happened, what used to happen is that um, earlier and it also happens now. I mean, uh, earlier when I would design, uh, just two months later when I would reflect back and I would see the designs again and I'll be like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> Why did I design like that? You know, uh, I think uh, that changes when you are getting the basics right. So so when you're getting the basics right, you're not designing for the immediate cause. You are taking the whole problem statement at a totality and you are also anal analyzing how that's going to act in the future, how that would be adopted in the future, how, what should be the product roadmap for that, you know. So in your own way, you sort of act as a product manager in your head uh, and that's so important, you know. So so when, when I look back... Uh, like, you know, when I see my designs now, I do not necessarily feel that I'm like, okay, that's, that's an incremental improvement. I'm going to do that in the next stages of design, you know, next stages of iteration. So that uh, immediate hate has changed into an iterative process, which is great. I mean, that's been a great transition. <laughs> Just one suggestion hmm. from my side, who are fighting against XD, Sketch, Figma, it doesn't matter. It depends yeah. on the organization, what they are using it. Yeah. Or you are just joining a startup and where you can change the culture to maybe XD to Figma. It depends on the power you have. Of course. So like very interesting thing. So uh, before I joined Postman, um, Postman was using Sketch uh, and we were doing all of our designs in Sketch. Um, so when I joined Postman, I, I did not really use Sketch, but I, I, I was onboarded more into Figma, right? And the reason why we chose Figma over Sketch uh, is because Figma is much more collaborative. Uh, you can do a lot in Figma, which you cannot do in uh, Sketch. And uh, the whole organization is out there in Figma. So that's another thing with the whole democratizing of the design tools. Uh, people often fall into the limbo that, hey, now I can use Figma so I can become a designer, you know. Uh, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Good thing because you have that confidence now, but it's also a bad thing because you're not getting your basics right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but nevertheless, I mean, insights are quite useful. So oftentimes when we share the Figma links with our, our with our engineers, they often come back and say, that, "Hey, this component maybe use this button in this way." You know. So these inputs are also very important, and they are able to give these inputs because they can use that software. So I wouldn't brush it off completely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And my last question to you is, what legacy you want to build? Right. Uh, so like, this is a very tricky question because um, do I want to leave a le legacy? Yes, of course I do want to leave a le legacy and everybody should think towards that, you know. Um, but having said that, I don't think that legacy would only have design principles and thinking and only design design related stuff. Um, I, I want to live a legacy where the common people can also identify and uh, probably get inspired. And it could be a very mundane stuff like, you know, uh, being a good human being, you know, as simple as that. Uh, or, or, or if you're talking about design, I like this is the first step towards that, I feel. I mean, this is the first, po for, first podcast which I have done. Uh, I do want to evangelize design as much as I can. Um, 
and I'm still learning. Uh, I'm still in the process of learning the design practices and the process in spite of uh, being in the industry for almost three years now. Uh, and three years is nothing. It's, it's, it's not a very long time, you know. Uh, but as and when I gain those, um, uh, what do you say, confidence and also, also the expertise, I would love to share that. Uh, I, I do not believe in um, like closed collaboration where you are just working in a limbo. Like every, everything should be out there and open uh, for somebody else to be uh, able to consume and get inspired by. So uh, I know many designers who are doing a great job while doing that. Like, you know, um, Saptashi Prakash, I admire the kind of work he's doing, you know, um, because he's, he's ending up evangelizing uh, the design in a way which nobody ever thought they can. I don't think so, you know. So uh, there are other designers who are doing exceptionally good work, uh, but I don't think I have reached that point where uh, I can start uh, professing that in a very heavy way. But as and when I reach that skill and that scale, I would love to evangelize design. And I hope that ends up living some sort of legacy. <laughs> yeah. So that's all for this episode. I would love to know how do you guys do the B2B research. You can message us on people who design Instagram handle and please press the like button if you like this episode. If you are listening us on Spotify or any other audio platform, please follow us for the more content like this. motivation If you learn something from this podcast we are hosting, please share the words with your designer friends. See you in the next episode. Thank you guys.